With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Last Factor Podcast. What is up, lacrosse people? You are watching episode number 217 of the Lax Factor Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the top transfers at attack. I'm going to go through team by team, let you know who picked up who, who lost who, and then how that will impact their season. Before I get into it, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share this with your friends and all that good stuff. And let's get into it right now. Uh, first, if you're looking for transfer portal news, go to Lacrosse Bucket. This is not an ad. This is legitimate. This is what I use to figure out who's going where. Tanner over at Lacrosse Bucket does a hell of a job of keeping track of the transfers, and it's going to make my life easy when trying to go through the midfielders in the next video and the defense in the next video. I'll probably do a team you know, preview here for the, uh, for the upcoming spring somewhere in the middle, but I'll eventually go through and we'll talk about all the transfers and their impact. But if you go to lacrossebucket.com, they do a hell of a job. I say they, it's really Tanner does a hell of a job. So let us dive into it now. The number one team, I think, overall in terms of what they have picked up as part of the transfer portal, just at this position specifically, attack, is Georgetown. And the first one, he's listed as a midfielder, but he played attack for Syracuse. I presume he's probably going to play attack for Georgetown here as well. And that is Tucker Dordovic. Now, what did they get when they got Tucker Dordovic? They got a, a, a guy who's played both midfield and and attack. He played attack the left side of, uh, on attack, even though he's a right-handed player for Syracuse last year. I've heard he's already kind of dabbling on that left side in the fall here for Georgetown. Statistically speaking, as good as it gets here. Uh, last season, uh, 47 goals, 12 assists. He's a, 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 a true triple threat, dual threat in terms of he can dodge and create for himself. He can dodge, create for others, and he can finish. Mostly, though, he the, the kid's a dodger. He's going to try to carry the rock, get other guys open, get other guys involved. Don't let the high goal numbers fool you, though. He can feed with the best of them as well. So just they got a complete player, uh, Georgetown did, when they picked up Dordovic. It's going to be absolutely huge for them overall. Highlight real goals right down to shooting on the run as well as anybody. He's got an insane uh, change of direction, whether it be the rollback dodge, you know, kind of rolling away from defenders on a cut, uh, or just straight up planting and, and ditching and jumping to the other side. So the kid is a hell of a dodger, a hell of a player they picked up, but it doesn't stop there. They And he's got one season left. This is it. And, and you'll see this with all four of the transfers that I'll talk about for North Carolina. All of them are just one and done guys from here on out. Now, another huge pickup here, Jacob Kelly, of North Carolina fame last year. If we come down here and we look at his stats last year, 70 points last year, 40 and 30 in, as part of that high-octane offense. Carolina bled talent here overall. And we'll talk about that when we get down to North Carolina because they, they not only did they lose guys to graduation, but they lost a bunch of guys here to um, transfer, a couple of guys here, key guys to transfer as well. But anyway, Kelly, 
Huge pickup. You look at his career, 75 and 51. The dude is a dual threat, can can feed, can finish, can dodge. Really, I call that a triple threat typically. But in terms of being able to do whatever he's called upon, whether they need a goal scored or someone to create something for someone else and set them up, he, he can do it. Kelly is a hell of an attackman, a complete player. And that's one of the things you're going to see as we go through here. All of these guys are complete uh, players. There's a couple of them that are really goal heavy and that are primarily finishers. But for the most part, these transfers we'll talk about today are all killers at all aspects of the game, hence them being so valuable as part of the transfer portal. And it doesn't stop there. Uh, Georgetown was able to rob yet another UNC attackman in Nikki Solomon. And if we kind of come down here and check out Solomon's stats, same crap. Look at that. 74 points, 40 goals, 34 assists for 74 points. Can Once again, can do everything and did do everything as part of that high-octane offense for North Carolina for the last couple of seasons. But you see that point production between 2021 and 2022 picked up in a big way for uh, Solomon here. Little guy, you know, one of the wee folk, but stocky, strong, has a good base. So he'll be fine despite being little, but yet another huge pickup for Georgetown. And then one that probably went under the radar for some, but I'm an upstate New York guy and I end up seeing Colgate play at least a couple of times. I follow both the Patriot and Colgate play Syracuse is uh, Brian Meniscus or Minicus, sorry, not Meniscus. <laughs> Brian Minicus, another huge pickup here for Colgate last year, 36 goals, 23 helpers. Once again, another complete player. And they, and you'll see here, North uh, Georgetown, they, they didn't lose a whole lot themselves. They lost Dylan Watson to Jacksonville, which was huge because Watson is a monster finisher. But in terms of making sure that they kind of retooled here and picked up guys that can both finish the rock, which is what Watson was extremely capable at doing, uh, they ended up picking up a bunch of guys that can kind of do anything, fill any role, and play any position. Obviously, they do not have enough room for all of these guys to be running around playing attack for them in 2023, so I expect at least two or three of them to end up getting runs at mid. I think Dordovic may be the guy that gets the run uh, on attack at that left side. But who knows? We'll see. But just huge pickups here between between Dordovic, Kelly, Solomon, and Minicus. All of them are huge, and I think Georgetown easily the number one team in terms of gaining via the transfer portal, gaining talent via the transfer portal. And uh, like I said, they did lose Dylan Watson. We'll talk about that when we get down to Jacksonville and the transfers they scored, but they picked up four killers here overall. All of them super seniors, all of them, I believe, graduate students, all only have one year left, but to just build that roster up here, they're going to be a legitimate contender with all of those guys, plus the guys that they have coming back. All right, let us ditch here now. Now we're going to go to what did North Carolina pick up? We talk about how Carolina lost Kelly and Solomon. What did they pick up in the transfer portal? They didn't do too bad here. I got a little pop-up that I got to get off my screen. It actually didn't show you the pop-up. That was weird. Sean Goldsmith, everyone's favorite attackman here. Always uh, uh, fun. He had the glasses. I believe he may have ditched the glasses between uh, and last season. I don't remember him wearing them anyway. But huge, huge pickup here for Carolina considering what they lost on attack. Now, I'm not sure if they gained as much as they lost between losing Kelly and Solomon, but we'll see that they, they, they're going to be okay between the talent they have already on campus and these three guys that they picked up, all quality guys, all veteran players. It's going to be huge here. And if we look at what Goldsmith's done, 34 points as a freshman, 42 points in the COVID-shortened season. The dude went off. 
uh, was, uh, I believe this was his injury. I think he got injured this season where he only played six games but put up 28 points, and he did get to play a full 15 games last season. You know, messed around, got 35 and 16, 51 points. So Goldsmith, goal scorer, highlight uh, real goal scorer, ball carrier, uh, but, you know, keep his head up, and he'll he'll be able to dish the rock as well as needed. So once again, another well-rounded attackman, and this guy, Goldsmith, ditching Mercer for Carolina, and he's got one season left. I might not get all of the one seasons left because for a guy like Goldsmith, I'm not sure if this 2021 season, may maybe he's given a medical redshirt for that, so he could end up having two seasons left, but based on what I'm seeing here, assuming he didn't get a redshirt for the 2021 season, uh, he's got one season left left, but potentially two, depending on how that pans out. Now, another guy, maybe a lot of people haven't don't know about McGovern, but Logan McGovern from Bryant, uh, he's got one season remaining, it looks like here. He's also heading to North Carolina, and if we look at his bio, slow start here, early in his career though, sophomore year, very strong year in that COVID-shortened season, and then we've got 46 points in 2021 and 54 points for the Bulldogs in 2022. Once again, this guy though, Dodger feeder keeps his head up. He can score goals. He'll finish here and there as he has to. Averaged a little over a goal a game, but 35 helpers on the season. So Carolina loses a dude. They lose a bunch of playmakers on offense. They lose a bunch of kind of triple threat guys, guys that could dodge, finish, and uh, create for themselves and everybody else. But they pick up, they kind of between these three guys that they pick up between Goldsmith, McGovern, and the next guy I'll talk about, you can see that there's a, a plan here. And the plan is to not – you can't replace the three they lost. You can't replace uh, Solomon. You can't replace Kelly in terms of just losing guys to transfer. You can't replace Gray, certainly, who also was kind of a, a, a dual threat. So, But what they did do was brought in a bunch of veterans to try to kind of fill holes, similar to what Maryland did last year uh, in terms of how they've built their offense over the last two seasons as well. So for people who are expecting Carolina to fall off because of the – the bleeding of talent between graduation and the transfer portal over the last two seasons. I don't expect that to be the case. They're going to be a very interesting team because uh, it'll be interesting to see how these veterans that they've picked up gel with the young guys because they have some top young talent on campus right now just waiting, chomping at the bit to get a chance to prove themselves. But now throw these guys all into the mix, and uh, we've got some veterans that can step up as well. So uh, big pickup, Logan McGovern out of Bryant for Carolina. And then another – uh, this one's a pickup from Bucknell, Harry Welford. And if we kind of come down here and look at what Welford did for Bucknell last year, once again, another solid attackman, 20 and 10, 30 points. Actually, he may be lift, listed as a mid. He is listed as a midfielder here, but he was on the attack list. So I don't know what that means overall. Looks like he started every game either at mid or, or attack for Bucknell. But 20, 20 and 10, you'll take that all day. Could probably improve his shooting percentage here a little bit, but not too bad overall and another huge pickup for Carolina. Now, like I said, what Carolina lost was Jacob Kelly and Nikki Solomon and then other guys to graduation, but specifically to transfer, they lost Jacob Kelly and Nikki Solomon at a, uh, on the attack line. So they've kind of picked up three attackmen that could all start playing right away. And McGovern and Welford, I presume, could play multiple positions as well. And you might see them run a little bit of mid depending on who they put on attack. Now, my number three team here, and uh, no surprise, I was going to be paying attention to what Syracuse did, but I think Syracuse, granted, Syracuse loses Tucker Dordovic and uh, Berkman. You know, Berkman's not a huge loss, but Dordovic is a monster loss for the Orange. But Gate 
you know, a lot of rumblings about the, the, the team from last season just not gelling with the new philosophy and all of that crap. And you kind of saw a bunch of guys hit the road. When we get into the mids and the defenders, you'll see there's other guys that have left as well. But bringing in a guy like Alex Simmons, a veteran from Denver, specifically that played for Tierney, who was one of the most hard-ass coaches on the face of the planet Earth, and you could see why Simmons would be a huge addition. Not only is he a senior, you know, he's coming into his last year. I believe he's probably a graduate student, but he's a veteran that's played both midfield and attack for Denver that played for a hard-ass coach. So I like these kind of, you know, blue-collar fellas like Alex Simmons. Look at his stats. Not too shabby here. We look at his 2021 season, 31 and 24 for 55 points. And then last season, Denver struggled a little bit, but he's one of the bright spots, 30 and 15. Excellent shooting percentage, especially over the last three years of his career here, including last year where he was kind of called upon to lead that team. And they didn't have as many snipers as they normally have on that roster. They had a, a hard time on offense, but he was one of the stalwarts and he, he played well for them all season long. So huge pickup for Syracuse because of the veteran leadership aspect of it. And the other guy that Cuse picked up, to try to, you know, kind of lessen the burden of that loss of Dordovic is Cole Kirst. Now, I will be honest. I was excited in terms of adding Kirst for the sake of depth when I first heard that he was heading to Syracuse. From a statistical standpoint, not a huge killer. 26 and 8 for 34 points for Lehigh in 2021, 18 and 12 last season for Lehigh. So a little bit of a downturn and his shooting percentage dropped dramatically. But what makes me the most excited about Kirst here is how well he played for the under team for uh, Team USA in the, I don't remember if it must, I don't know if it was sixes or if it was um, regular. I, I just saw a bunch of highlights, but either way, the Kirst brothers both played for that team. They both tore it up. So he was one of the better players offensively on that team overall. And that team was full of killers as well. So seeing how well he did this summer. And once again, Syracuse has a young team now, so they needed some veteran leadership. Curse coming in as a senior, just has one year of eligibility left. As far as I know, as we look at this, this looks like a dude who's only got one year of eligibility left. So adding Simmons and Kirst to replace the loss of Dordovic on that attack line, I think is huge. And then the, the big benefit here, though, is Simmons for sure can play both attack and midfield. So I wouldn't be surprised, depending on how the, the attack lines shake out, seeing Simmons running uh, on that first line midfield. But Kirst potentially could even run a little bit of mid. He's kind of a glue guy, a guy that's going to do anything they ask him to. So depending on what the attack line looks like, because Syracuse only has one spot open in terms of a starting attackman, I wouldn't be surprised to see both of these guys maybe get some midfield time because the Syracuse midfield a little bit depleted due to graduation as well. So that was big. And like I said, the Syracuse lost Dordovic and Berkman. So Simmons and Kirst probably don't make up for Dordovic, but I do like them as team leaders and both coming from programs where, you know, like I said, they were glue, glue guys. Both of them played for really tough, hard-edged coaches. So I like them both uh, playing for Gary Gate here in this upcoming spring. Uh, now let's get to number four, Jacksonville. They only pick up this one transfer, but Dylan Watson, to say that he's a killer, a sniper, uh, and just an absolute animal in terms of finishing the rock is an understatement. We see here, and actually we're going to see they have a typo here, I noticed, claiming that he had 116 goals in 2022, which I know is not true. We look up here, though, 58 goals and six assists for Georgetown in 2022. The dude is just a monster overall. And we look at some of the games here. Let's look at what he did against talent. 
you know, six goals against Georgetown, two against Penn, two and one against Notre Dame, uh, two and zero against Princeton, two and zero against Richmond. Beat up on Utah, Utah, Utah. Beat up on Lehigh. Seven goals against Denver at Denver. So you can see the dude can fill it up. Played well against Loyola, five goals. So Watson is a monster, and Jacksonville just picked up an abs. It's it's incredible to me. I was sitting here, fingers crossed that Watson may choose Syracuse. Not so much, you know, and I do that pretty much religiously. If there's a big transfer to be had, I sit there and I hope and I pray that Syracuse picks him up. Not the case. Jacksonville did. I'm happy to see him go down uh, to play for Galloway at Jacksonville, and they just picked up a monster. How, how they did it, I am not sure. Maybe he loves the sun. Maybe he loves beaches, um, chicks wearing bikinis. I don't know what his deal is and what the draw was other than maybe Galloway and a team that is looking pretty promising. Uh, maybe they got a program down there for him. Who who the hell knows? But Dylan Watson, you could make the argument he was the biggest get out of everybody other than maybe, you know, you can make the argument, yeah, I dare say he might be the biggest get. So you could, you know, automatically catapult Jacksonville right up to the top of this list because they landed him. But you can't argue with what Carolina did and what North Carolina or Georgetown and Carolina did in terms of adding depth and, and quantity also overall. So, oh shit, I closed my wrong window here. Let's get back to that. Boom. Okay, so my number five team is Duke. Duke picks up Tommy Schelling from Lehigh. Hell of a job for Duke. And, and you know, Duke, they have a bunch of solid guys coming back here overall, but they're needing to retool a little bit on the attack. And Schelling, you know, excellent player here. 27 goals, 41 helpers over the course of 2022. He had a monster season here in 2021. And I believe, did he start 20? Yeah, he started a little bit slow. I guess not. I don't know. I, I know that Schelling, he's been a, you know, a big cat here for a while. Maybe it was his junior season. I just remember being disappointed at one point with his output. And maybe it was his junior season because I expected that junior season out of Schelling to be a little bit more similar to what he did last year because the guy is capable of filling it up here. And you can see very even, you know, a little bit goal heavy in the COVID shortened season, very even here in 2021. And then while he's being keyed on last season for Lehigh, kind of flips his stats a little bit and goes 27 and 41, 41 helpers over the course of the season. An excellent shooter, though, very efficient, 32 and 34% over the course of the last two seasons in terms of shooting percentage. So he's going to fit in. A veteran like him is going to fit in perfectly at Duke. So that that's why I put them at number five. And number six, Ohio State picks up LIU's Richie LaCalandra. I was disappointed to see two of my favorite players from LIU both ditch for what I guess you could call for sure greener pastures here. So Ohio State picks up La Calandra. It looks like La Calandra has two seasons left. And if we come down to his stats here over the course of 2022, he goes 32 and 38 for 70 points with a 29% shooting percentage. Not great. Hopefully he can improve upon that for his senior season. Or, uh, but if we look, yeah, he's got two seasons left. Uh, that's the wash. So he's got two years of eligibility left, I presume. Uh, for Ohio State. So that is a huge pickup. We see he puts up 62 points in 2021, improves slightly 70 points while being keyed on heavily in 2022. That could explain the dip 
in shooting percentage is he was a 36% shooter in 2021. Teams now know who the hell this kid is that dropped 60 plus points the season before and they key on him and that that goes down a little bit. You see that story uh, repeat itself over and over and over again in college across. So La Calandra is a big pickup for Ohio State and assuming he can play two more seasons, that's a huge boost for them on attack. And I didn't keep track of who they lost, if they lost anybody. Another solid pickup here. Number seven, I put down uh, Stony Brook. They pick up Jonathan Huber out of St. John's. We come down to look at his stats, 40 and six. So you like these finishers here. Where's he out of? He's got to be out of St. Anthony's, Great River, New York. Um, So who'd he kill? He killed Stony Brook for five goals, Manhattan for four, Dartmouth four and three. So he got half of his assists against Dartmouth specifically, eight goals against Marquette. Guy is a hell of a finisher in terms of shooting percentage. Dude put 30 points up, 23 goals, and shot the rock above 40% in 2021. Dropped a little bit down to 35% in 2022, but you'll take that. 40 goals, six helpers, 35% shooting percentage. So Stony Brook, they pick up a big cat in Huber. And then my other LIU, one of the other favorite players I, I had out of LIU here, Blake Bellin. And it looks like Huber, I didn't say it, but he's got a season left. And I believe Blake Bellin here has two seasons left that he's going to play here for Stony Brook. Stony Brook did a good job last year, if I remember correctly, in the transfer portal as well. But we look at Bellin's stats, 36-20, and 20, playing alongside a Calandra. I think he was a midfielder. I thought he was a mid-two, but nope, he's playing attack. Um, so yeah, puts up a bunch of points here. 20, 44 points as a freshman, 56 points as a sophomore, and he's got two seasons left to play. So Stony Brook picks up two solid attackmen to add both depth and quality of depth specifically on their roster. And I expect both of these guys to step in and play right away for Stony Brook. Next up, we have Cornell. Wait, let me see here. Ah, oh, crap. I didn't bring a Bladian up, so I'm going to have to do this now. Cornell picks up another Bryant guy. Bryant lost a couple of guys here. Uh, let's just do this right in front of you. Bennett Abladian out of Bryant. The dude is a solid player, young player, but a solid player. And you see what he did here as a freshman, just put up 37 points. As a sophomore, drops 47 points, 42 and 5, goal scoring threat, goal hawk kind of player. And he is heading to Cornell. And Cornell, once again, lost a couple of guys to graduation, but you know, they still got a cursed brother running around on attack down there. And I expect Abladian will now be joining him. I think Long's back for Cornell, although he may be a little bit banged up. So we'll see. But Cornell picked up a hell of a guy here. They're in my number eight overall. And then from there, we're going to ditch a Bladian, and we're going to go to Kevin Winkoff out of Binghamton, is heading to Penn State. He's also got one season left, graduate student, and uh, didn't have a bad career at all uh, for Binghamton here. Last season, you know, nine games, 16 points. This season, he plays a full season, starts 13 of the 14 games, and he puts up 55 points. He's heading to Penn State. Penn State, they lost a couple of guys as well. Uh, Let's see here. Who did Penn State lose specifically? I can tell you. Penn State lost Canyon Birch. Birch didn't put up a huge, a ton of points, but I know that at some point, I think a lot of us expected Birch would end up getting on that attack line and would start playing here. So to, you know, they kind of replace him with a veteran in essence. And uh, Penn State picks up a very solid attackman in Birch. And then my number 10, Connor Foley out of UMass Lowell. He's making a huge jump all the way across the country to UMass. 
So not a huge, not a huge uh, jump in terms of uh, geographic region, but Foley, very solid, very solid attackman as well. Twenty nine and ten for UMass Lowell last season, and we see here twenty three points in the sh COVID shortened season, fourteen points in limited action last year, and uh, gets a full season under his belt. Thirty nine points, twenty nine and ten. So they pick up a good one there. A hell of a lot of transfers, though. But like I said, make sure you use that lacrosse bucket site because the lacrosse bucket site, they, dot com, lacrossebucket.com, does a great job with the transfers. In the next video that I talk about transfers, we're going to go over the midfield transfers. We'll go over defensive transfers, and then we'll go over goalkeeping transfers as well. As always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I am sorry that I'm not pumping content out like an animal, but uh, as we, you know, as the, the fall come you know finishes up and we get into the winter and everything gets a little bit more exciting again i'll be back every week religiously but for now just throwing things out when i can again thank you for listening thank you for watching and hoost is out